You're listening to Deeply Curious, a podcast about our ever-evolving philosophy of life and faith and the curious pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. In this special bonus episode, we are going to be talking about us, um, <laughs> which is why it's a bonus episode, because um, I don't think that there's many people who want to just listen to about us. Uh, just but life updates. I know that there are a few of you who are interested in just life updates and kind of what our thought process has been through this uh, time of absence and um, life changes. Um, that yeah, we have gone personally through. Personally and globally. Correct. <laughs> um, so my name is Cody Jensen and joining me as always is my beautiful wife, Sarah. Hello. So you may have known or recognized um, that we have been absent. Yeah, um, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> that we have not put out a YouTube video since our Portland apartment tour, um, which was... November? Yeah. Um, 10 months ago or so. And then we also have not done a podcast since mid-March, the, the beginning-ish of quarantine. Um, in To catch everybody up uh, to speed, we, we now live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> so we have moved. We went from New York City to Portland. We were in Portland for eight months, and then we moved to uh, – we actually quarantined in our hometown um, – because we were moving to Tulsa and the apartment we're sitting in now that uh, we wanted did, did not come available for a few months. And we really wanted to wait it out because um, if we're going to be sitting inside uh, during quarantine, then we might as well just wait for the apartment that we really want. Yeah. So we did that um, and we got the apartment and we are now in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the place that we want to live, um, in the apartment we want to live in. And yep. we're recording this podcast now here we are um so that's kind of the 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 short end of of the external uh what know, happened what happened <laughs> yeah. uh we are we are now living um back in tulsa oklahoma happily back in tulsa oklahoma um we wouldn't have moved here um if it wasn't because we wanted to um right. we absolutely are happy to be back here and we made the very conscious choice to um you know, do the hard thing of uh, breaking a lease and packing up everything we own and moving across again. the country again um, <laughs> less than a year later. Um, that wasn't a decision made lightly. No. Um, but here we are. So I guess, Sarah, do you want to maybe take them through the internal um, reasons of, you know, moving to Portland and then here. <clears throat> sure. Well, when we knew like New York was done, um, we were looking for where should we move next? And both of us were pretty much like, yeah, we're not going to go home. I mean, back to right. Oklahoma. We're right. like, nah, don't want to live. Not time. Not yeah. ready. So we didn't have that many options. One, because we're both very picky people. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, because we wanted to go somewhere where we already knew people. And so pretty much our options were Nashville or Portland. Mm -hmm. And neither of us <laughs> were that interested in Nashville. Right. It's like, oh, if I'm going to Nashville, no. I might as well just go back to Tulsa. There's yeah, not, exactly. Like, it's hotter and it's the South. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, country music has never appealed to me because I grew up around country music. Mm -hmm. So 
And then when we road tripped, it was confirmed that Nashville is even more the South than Tulsa. Yeah. Um, Love you. And as Charles Bukowski says, the only meaningful thing about the South is that they lost the Civil War and still can't accept it. (laughs) (laughs) I love Charles Bukowski. Um, Yeah. So it was just, you know, confirmed on our road trip that I enjoy Nashville as a city. I, I don't. I would not enjoy it as a home. Mm -hmm. So we went to Portland and Portland, even before we moved there, checked every single box on the list. Mm. I mean, literally every single box that I have ever wanted in a city, Portland checked it. And to be quite honest, it was wonderful. It really was. (laughs) Like spending, well, we did a month road trip, which was also wonderful, but the Portland summer was the exact summer I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. It was never hot. I could wear a sweatshirt if I wanted to. Uh, you were never like cold mm-hmm. because that is our difference is that you want it to be warmer than I want it to be. But the Willamette River running through the middle of the city that is clean enough for everyone to mm-hmm. literally, it's like, late culture but in the middle of a city and Mm -hmm. you know cooler than late culture and so everyone late culture plus fitness yeah 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 (laughs) aesthetic you know um uh everyone is out on the river swimming and boating and kayaking and stand up paddle paddle boarding boarding and sea dues and and there's like little beaches that you can sit it's just really wonderful to have that so accessible i mean literally through the middle of the city yeah it separates downtown from the rest of the more residential part of the city yeah and i mean with all of the bridges that are across the river you never feel as though you're stuck on one side and you can just walk along the river and every mile or half mile even Mm -hmm. um is a bridge that you can get across the other side so it's yeah it's just it was a wonderfully dynamic and beautiful yeah it really truly like, had thing everything to be so close to the water it's like a happy it really is a happy medium of a city mm-hmm. um the food obviously oh, is yeah. beyond anything that you could ever dream of everything was just delicious yeah sarah well i mean both of us have been pretty sheltered whenever it comes to world food yeah. um because we grew up in Oklahoma, specifically in a small town in Oklahoma, where the only uh, non-American food is going to be Mexican food and Chinese food. Yeah, there is no other. There's That's no it. other food other than those three. Like I didn't know what a falafel was until I was like 26 right. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, until we moved to Tulsa, uh, I did not know what a falafel was. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know what. I mean, I'd never had Greek food. I'd never had. Yeah. I mean, really. Uh, there's no point in telling you everything I didn't have because the only three I did have <laughs> was American, Chinese, and Mexican. That's yeah. literally the only food I had. So we we learned a lot um, just moving to New York. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, even double that going to Portland. Mm-hmm. There was just so much delicious food. Um, Specifically, um, we had Egyptian food at least mm-hmm. once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, bowl called a koshari bowl, which I learned is like the Egyptian street food, essentially the New York street hot dog. Koshari is the Egyptian street food yeah. um, and that everybody kind of loves and hates. And But it was delicious. But it was absolutely delicious. I had it at I least mean, once a week. And then we also had Guyanese food from yeah. Guyana, which it's kind of like... 
I don't even know if you handed me a map, you'd be like, where's Guyana? Yeah. yeah. I'll give you 10 seconds. You'd be like, uh, maybe this area, you yeah. know? But the, there Delicious was a food truck food. with a Guyanese family that, oh my God, I mean. So good. So Vegan banh mi. I mm. didn't even know that I, I mean, there's just so much food that I didn't even know I liked. Yeah. Um. So that was really nice. The fall was my literal dream come true. It was like a full three months instead of in Oklahoma and honestly, even in New York City, at least a little bit, um, because you don't see trees in the city. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I missed fall. Mm. Um, but in Portland, because it's there's so much nature, it just was fall for three full months. Like Oklahoma's fall lasts like four days. So that was really nice. Everything checked the boxes. Um but it just didn't work out like logistically. I mean, like living there just wasn't what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It didn't I don't know. I like it was supposed to be so perfect and then it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. The city itself was, like Sarah was saying, checked all the boxes. It was just that I came to the city with a lot of expectations of it feeling like home mm-hmm. and it never did and right. never even got closer to feeling like home actually towards the end felt more and more and more not like home. Yeah. Like I actually told um, some friends, this is how I've been, you know, sort of like, I guess defining it is like um, in New York, I felt anxiety. It was constant anxiety in Portland. It was constant depression mm. and I would pick anxiety over depression any day mm-hmm. because at least you're feeling something mm-hmm. like Portland was it was supposed to be like perfect, but it was it, it just felt empty. Yes. And exactly in what you were saying, I also think if you take that into a deeper philosophical sense of being shallow, um, being empty, it Portland is a hedonist paradise mm-hmm. in that you as a culture there it is culturally you live for yourself and you live for the experiences that are given to you right so if 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 it gives you pleasure if you like doing it then that is the thing that gives you meaning and if your meaning is derived from your pleasure then ultimately it is a shallow meaningless existence and the only meaning you get is from having meaningful experiences and if you're constantly changing (laughs) chasing that in everything that doesn't matter then it doesn't matter right and that's kind of the way that i felt like because i process my feelings differently than you yes i'm able to verbalize those things versus you have like i feel depressed yeah well i yes I would say that you feel much more strongly about the the hedonistic side of Portland than I do. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to say that I deny it because I very much think it's a it's a pleasure-seeking city which you know, you could debate all day if you wanted to philosophically, mm-hmm. but um I don't ultimately believe it's it's the best case scenario for human beings. So but I don't feel so strongly about it right. as you do, or at least right. I do not verbalize it yes. so strongly. I right. I might feel it, but so whenever you you talk about it, I'm like, right. I don't know. Yes, and to that regard, because of my personality and because I I speak strongly in that, that is my personal like take yeah. on the matter. Yeah. Um, if you want to live as a hedonist, 
by that, all means to go for it yeah i mean that's yeah. your life um i do not because i have recognized that following your pleasures with no like uh, safety measures is yeah. essentially following your worst instincts yeah well i think the problem it that i see in it is um well one it's just not how life should be lived is it's very very selfish but it's not about being completely selfless either in right. life but i do think that like when you get so caught up in you know the hedonistic type or your you know pleasure at all costs whatever you just end up harming a lot of people mm-hmm. and whether you recognize it or not and most of the time you don't right and that's the problem with mm-hmm. it for me it's it's not so much that you shouldn't indulge in in pleasures because i firmly believe we should enjoy ourselves absolutely like we're on this earth for what mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like we should enjoy our time here right um but i i do it's when it crosses the line of you not even you're not being self-aware mm-hmm that you're harming other human beings in your pursuit of pleasure. It's like we absolutely even deserve pleasure. Yes. But at what cost? Yeah. And that's, I don't think that most of us are weighing those questions. Mm -hmm. And so that's my problem with hedonism. Not that there shouldn't be at least a little bit of it, because I believe in a great cup of coffee, (laughs) you know, or whatever. But I, that's where I, you know, kind of draw my line. And you are a little more, uh, strong in your verbiage than I am about it. But we agree on the same yeah. things. I think uh, if, if, if I want to give a small, quick example that maybe illustrates what I mean, but I'm not specifically talking about this thing. It is a metaphor. <laughs> okay. Um, that it is like the porn industry that if you said, if you watch porn and you're like, but this gives me pleasure. I love watching porn. I, it, it is something that I enjoy. Right. That's true. Right. You enjoy it. Right. That is and something I can't that gives tell you pleasure. You, you don't enjoy it. And it, you know, I, it's like I'm not telling you that you enjoying it is neither right nor wrong. I mean, that's a completely different debate. But the point is, you enjoying it and seeking it and paying for it or not paying for it, you know, whatever it is, right. is contributing to the suffering of other humans. Yes. You're saying that my pleasure is is greater. Fashion is a good example too. Right. Like fashion in in that, well, I I want to be in the hottest trends. So I'm going to buy this stuff from Forever Twenty One um because it's what I can afford and I want to be up on the trends. Um, you buying it from Forever Twenty One is for your pleasure, but at what cost? It's right. the cost of the suffering of right. the backs of of people of living in poverty of underpaid workers who you don't have harsh, to see you don't yeah. have to look at them yeah, you yeah. you don't have to go to bangladesh and watch them work for and watch this, their towers collapse right. because their employers aren't taking care of them and everyone dies under the rubble i mean it's just you contribute to that right. every single american contributes to that right which essentially and, gets into the question into the conversation that humans cause all suffering in the world yes um and <laughs> In Portland, I felt as though it is a society of people who believe that they are ultimately doing good, but contributing just as much to the suffering of the world as everybody they hate. Yeah, I think that, yes. I I mean, obviously, it can't be a generalized blanket statement of every single person in Portland feels this but right. or does this. But I, I do think that it, it is on display in Portland more yeah. so than other cities. And right. to that 
extent, I think is important that that's why we were there. Mm-hmm. I think like it really, truly highlighted some things. Oh, yeah. Um, I Yeah, that part learned, of it, I'm like, so glad we learned. Yeah, we learned a lot of things from Portland, um, which when we learned them is why we were like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is not it. You right. know, like I can make this work if I wanted to. Portland is worth making it work mm-hmm. because it's a beautiful city. Right. But it's like, but do I want to? Right, I mean, exactly. is it worth it for me? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. No, I can just like, you know, live in Tulsa where everything is the perfect combination of the things I want minus oklahoma but that's beside and the, the point. summer weather <laughs> yeah that's what i mean minus yeah. like you know a few things about oklahoma um including the weather uh and most of the people <laughs> and, and like 90 percent of the people <laughs> um i it's a good tulsa is a great combination of things it's you know it really truly is kind of a gem of a city that i wish we could just like pick up and move to a different mm-hmm. part of the country Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately it's here. So I have to like make peace with that, mm-hmm. that it's in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but the city is so great because I think it's a perfect combination right. of community of little pleasures of, right. you know, I mean, city stuff. I, it's just, yeah. it's a great combination. So if I could, if and it's I, so cheap that I can just go everywhere yeah. whenever I feel like it. <laughs> I, I, I can reduce my reasonings down to, um, you know, essentially a sentence and it holds no nuance. Um, but for me, in my perspective, New York, amazing place that is, thinks that the height of meaning is work and hustle. Yes. And forgets rest and relaxation and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Portland is a place that thinks that rest, relaxation, and pleasure is the height of meaning mm-hmm. and forgets to act. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Tulsa is a place where I feel you, there are more people that are in the middle of those than are on one side or the other. Yes, which and, is and the, which is to say that there are people in New York that are absolutely beautiful, balanced, you know, people who see both sides of it and they they try to live a a life of internal meaning while participating in, you know, right. work and pleasure and et cetera, et cetera. And there are people like that in Portland, absolutely. And there are people who are not like that in Tulsa, right. in Oklahoma, you know, that are 100% hustle culture, mm-hmm. do not think that, think that the height of meaning is create is making more money. There's also going to be people who are on the other side of that in Tulsa as well. But from my perspective, it feels as though my broad circle right. in Tulsa all fit within a general middle ground, middle ground of that where you're, you are seeking to live a loving and sacrificial a life full and balanced life yes yes i i agree so it, and we're all failing at that but all yeah but that's the feeling, point yeah is, wanting to move toward it versus moving towards things moving towards goals that in the end are death yeah yeah so that is why we're back in tulsa <laughs> yeah also i, I again, was trying we, to we built- talk about why we're back in tulsa in a more in a lighter sense 
Yeah. But um, as you've, if you've ever listened to us, um, you know, <laughs> Doesn't on this show, normally work right, out. we are deeply curious people and we have very deep reasons for everything we do. Right. It isn't flippant. Um, yeah. Well, and maybe it is, maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I know that I live my life, you know, wanting to know how, what, when, why. Right. And be able to verbalize it. Right. And so the reason we have been absent hasn't been flippant either. Right. Um, we did a podcast, I think, in March or something. Um, but then, you know, quarantine and um, all of the... <laughs> All of the whole year of 2020 <laughs> mm-hmm. that has been happening, it just felt like there are way better, more important voices that need mm-hmm. to be talking about this stuff. And if we're not talking about this, it's also the only thing that's important right. is to talk about Black Lives Matter. And and it felt like we just needed to shut up for a minute. And Honestly, personally, I just needed a break. Right. So because we've had so much life change in the last couple of years, it's been exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have any room to think about anything important. I mean, not important, but I thought about a lot right. of things. But <laughs> And because we were in our um, tiny hometown. Yeah. As, as fulfilled in my internal life as I felt, the town itself just being there feeling somewhat like stuck mm-hmm. um did not lend itself to uh positivity yeah. and conversation <laughs> like just the motivation to be able to do this type of thing in a productive manner yeah um and then as sarah is saying i mean I, I this is basically just repeating what she said but uh it's like when quarantine and whenever covid and the entire conversation of a global pandemic that is unprecedented has no past yeah. like a uh, thing to look upon and be like oh yeah well this is obvious what we should do because we've done this before it's literally a unprecedented event mm-hmm. with experts who have been studying and preparing for an unprecedented event who we should be listening to and most of the voices that were being heard and listened to were not the voices that should be heard or listened to. Right. And I didn't want to be contributing to the noise of the world. Right. Because it also felt ir- irrelevant to talk about literally anything right. else. Because so it's, it's a like, global pandemic. We're in a global <laughs> pandemic. And so we should either be talking about the global pandemic um, in a, you know, intelligent and respectful, you know, right. manner, which... I mean, it's not that we couldn't do that, but it was like, I would just be regurgitating. I am not an expert. What other experts were saying. Yeah. Which I suppose in the end is all we do anyway, but. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. So um, it didn't feel right. And then also, like Sarah saying, if we wanted to talk about hedonism in the middle of a global pandemic, it just, it, it's not really. Yeah. There's know, a dissonance. There's that, a, yeah. Exactly. You know, so it was just better not to talk. And then a um, culture war started. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second wave, I don't know if people are calling it the second wave, I suppose, but the second wave of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um, due to the unjust killing of George Floyd, uprising all over the world, right. not only America, and all, you know, Again. us two white people on a two white person podcast, mm-hmm. um, like not appropriate like what in what way are we going to be able to contribute to this conversation in a healthy and 
you know, that doesn't take away from the voices that are that need right. to be heard. Again, it's yeah, it's not that like you can't have a conversation or even do it correctly or whatever, but like I am just not the voice to to take away from other much more intelligent voices. Like right. it just doesn't make sense for me to throw my opinion out there on things that, you know, I'm not an expert at. Mm-hmm. I So it just felt like, okay, literally there's nothing else worth talking about right now except for the fact that black lives matter. Right. <laughs> That's the only thing that we should be talking about. Yeah, so we could have had a and 30 I second know, podcast where it's like, welcome to Deeply Curious. We just want to let you know black, black lives, lives matter. matter. <laughs> Talk to you next week. <laughs> and exactly. So it, it just feel it just felt for a long time like my voice isn't needed mm-hmm. right now and I don't want to muddy up anything so we just took a break for a while and now we're back yeah so that's kind of the um why we've been absent um in part um i think there's some other pieces to that as well um in the in all in the conversations that are not as important as a global pandemic and black lives matter there's also personal suffering for sure and I was not in a um, good mental state. <laughs> so there's that. And then there's also personal motivation, personal dreams, personal goals, like all of those things obviously factor into why we are moved, you know, around right. the country, why we choose to have these experiences, why we choose to do anything. Um, and within that, I have changed significantly as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, moving to Portland was exactly what I needed. I do not regret it in the slightest because I moved from my hometown at 19 years old to a big city for the time, Um, you know, moving from a town of 50,000 people to a town of 300,000 people or whatever Mm -hmm. Tulsa is. Spent eight years here building up a strong foundation of who I am as a person, who I am as a husband, who I am as an artist. Moving to New York, having many of those things upended mm-hmm. of you have a strong foundation to rely on but everything you built on that foundation is shaky mm-hmm. and a lot of it fell down mm-hmm. and i had to figure out okay that here's some things that i should rebuild here's some things that fell over that probably should just remain broken and rebuilding things and figuring out those and becoming more myself based on the trial by fire essentially or having my foundations go through an earthquake figuring out what's cracking what needs to be fixed what needs to be torn down the rest of the way and building it from there that led to me moving from new york city moved to new from new york city to portland and portland was a place that i wanted to go so that i could spend more time on my internal growth than on my external survival. And it did exactly what I wanted it to. Right. Because I was able to go internally, work on myself, and with unabashedly, I mean, I'm not going to go into this because it would be a really long conversation, but I found quiet and Christ was revealed in those moments. And I found a deeper sense of connection to God and who God is in a real and visceral way more than any other time in my life, which led me to significant personal personality life change, personal goal change, and just the direction and meaning of my life and what I want to do. And that would have never happened if we wouldn't have gone to Portland. Right. Or at least 
if God wanted it to happen, it would it would happen anywhere. But it wouldn't have happened in the way that I think it happened. I think because I said yes to moving to Portland, God used that moment to radically shift my mind to where I wanted to leave Portland because I knew I had got what I needed out of it. Right. And what I got out of it told me to go to Tulsa so that I can bring together the knowledge experience that I got from New York and the knowledge and experience I got from Portland and bring it back, mix it all up in a bowl and be the person that I'm supposed to be with all of that added life experience in Tulsa so that I can make a dent with my art so that I can truly affect change in, in personal relationships and affects change in myself um, ultimately. And then we thought we were moving directly from Portland to Tulsa with just a short stopover in our hometown while we found an apartment. Global pandemic hits. Four months later. And it's four months later. <laughs> and it's not like my favorite four months. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it still taught me a few other things that were missing from my repertoire of experiential knowledge to add to that New York experience, to add to that Portland experience, mm -hmm. now add a podunk town experience mm -hmm. after all of that, be able to process, verbalize, internalize the modes of living within that place, bring that together with all the other knowledge, bring it to Tulsa and move forward in using all of that to create my art, to move forward in what I feel that God has called me to be and do in my life. Right. This is the point where maybe I would tell you that, but the ultimate truth is I don't know. Right. Like I don't know ultimately what I'm going to do. All I know is I'm much more clear in the concept of who I am mm -hmm. and who I am not, that I feel that it's what you would call finding yourself. Right. I've chipped away major pieces of the self that was created by society. Right. To find the self that is created by my creator mm -hmm. so that I can operate truly and freely out of the abundance of my heart versus out of the response to my external factors. Right. Which I think is a way to say that I found myself. Yes. Or that I found confidence in operating in myself. Mm -hmm. And it took these life experiences to get there. It would take decades of work living in the same place or a revelation of God in order to find that, I think, mm -hmm. based on everything I've read from Christian mystics, on read from you know, just wise people and heard other stories, and knowing that in first half of life, second half of life philosophy, that most people don't reach the the ease of knowing themselves and living within a content uh, soul typically doesn't happen until a second half of life um, shift where you are in plus 40s. And to read people who are in their 60s and 70s and feel as though, I, I know what you're talking about, as a 31-year-old tells me that I have something at least rare because I was, I took the steps necessary to go out, gain life experience, and in the Christian sense, said yes to what I felt God was telling me to do, even though I had no reason why, or I had no, there was, there was no like practical, sense. practical sense, logical sense. There was no like worldly sense of 
oh, of course you would move to New York with no plan. Mm-hmm. Of course you would move to Portland with the only thing is you want to live in a different city and you don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. Of course you would like move seven, eight months later. Um, right. You know, like there's no logic to any of these reasons. There is only truth. So basically what we're saying is my argument my entire life of getting out and going somewhere else is you agree with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prior to moving to New York City, Sarah and I had this argument often. All the time. Because I believed that, and I still do, that to reach contentment, you need to be grateful and secure in where you are now. Right. But I also believe that some people can reach that easier but with not moving and some people need the uprooting of themselves right in order to realize they were content or to realize that this place is exactly where you know their internal uh frequency aligns with the external frequencies and you become at ease with your person and your environment because you finally feel home and that home may not be where you grew up right maybe you could verbalize it better than than i can but this is what i understand from what you've always you know Mm -hmm. said it's not that you don't love let's just say tulsa when we first our first stint in tulsa it's like i love tulsa but i do not feel i'm supposed to be here right it's like there's no reason why i shouldn't be here because if i look at all of these things Right. It feels like, of course, this is a great place to be, but something in my soul is butting up against where I am at. Yes. And no matter how hard I try, it is like running into a brick wall. Mm -hmm. And whenever we went to New York, that wall fell down. Yeah. And that internal frequency matched the external frequency of the city. And you felt like, I can breathe. Yes. The first year in New York is the most me I have ever felt. Hmm. I felt it then, I feel it now. Mm-hmm. Like it is the most me I've ever felt. Unfortunately, New York is a very hard place to live. <laughs> right. And I don't know that I want, again, it's that that mm-hmm. uh, constant battle of what is worth it right. for you personally. Right. And the truth is, is that I was way too anxious in New mm-hmm. York. But the first year in New York, was the most me I've ever been. Yeah. Basically, my whole view is that I firmly believe you don't have to leave where you're from ever to figure things out. I also firmly believe you should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe you should get out and because there are inevitably perspectives that you will never understand if you don't get out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to understand those in order to find contentment, in order to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I believe in in experiencing and taking in everything. Right. So, you know, that's still my stance. <laughs> we could have never left Tulsa and fully understand that my personal life experience is not the story of life experience. Right. And that just because I live my life this way doesn't mean that that is the way that lives are lived globally. Right. And you understand that your personal experience is not the experience of others. Right. You can fully understand that. Um, But what you lack 
is the experiential knowledge of what a life experience outside of your own truly looks like. Right. Like you can understand it's different, but Mm -hmm. you can't see how it's actually different. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like whenever people say, I mean, I couldn't imagine living in New York City. It's like, right. You probably can't imagine what it's like to live in New York City because you've never done it. Yeah. And whenever you do it, you realize, one, not as hard as you thought. Yeah. Two, way harder than you thought. Yeah. Exactly. I realize that I can do way more than I think I can. Mm-hmm. I also realize that there are some things that are hard just because they're hard. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that are hard because they're worth it. Right. And that's that's the reason at the end of the two years of New York, it was like there we did all of the hard things that were worth it. And in the end, still felt like there are certain things that are hard about New York that makes it not worth it for us. Right. <clears throat> right. Like I just want to you know, I'll just visit all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because now I live in a place that's so cheap that I can do that. (laughs) Well, as soon as we're allowed to. So yeah, it's just, um, I have a lot of opinions on that, but that's a whole other podcast. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could continue this conversation forever and ever because we have, it's literally endless philosophical. Thoughts. I mean, that is literally my life story. Right. Is that whole idea is my, is my whole life story. So mm-hmm. I could talk about it forever, but um, yeah, so we're back in Tulsa and we're doing the things. I don't really know what exactly this is going to look like. Do you, I mean, we're going to yeah. continue the podcast, but if you're curious about the content side of, of, of us, um, I definitely, my plan is to work on and maintain a consistent podcast, um, schedule. The podcast is not going away. And in fact, I hope that it becomes very consistent and potentially even more consistent um, than it has been, whether it's this show consistently or this among other shows um, that we have ideas for. Um, So the podcast is not going away. Um, We will continue to have discussions and we hope that you'll join us. YouTube is going to is up in the air. Yeah, I don't know. Um, would be my answer right now. I don't know. Um, right. We will definitely be doing an apartment tour of our new space in Tulsa. That's like a given. I, I very much enjoy interior design and I very much enjoy creating interior design videos. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a melding of, of a lot of my uh, personality traits. So it's it's very much uh, something I'm enjoying doing. The future of it, it will look very, very different. Um, I would I would venture to say, and I am reluctant or hesitant <laughs> to say these words um, because I don't know if they're true. But ultimately, I think we're done vlogging. Yeah, I would say that, that that's pretty f- likely. Yeah, that, that <laughs> videos, videos that would be considered a vlog are probably not videos that will end back up on our channel, except unless you count a travel film right. as a vlog, which I I do, I mean, I, I don't have a, uh, a thought in the argument. Well, if you yeah. call a travel video a vlog, great. If you call a travel video a travel film, great. Like, yeah. they, they essentially are the same video. It just depends on how you want to label it. Right. Um, yeah, travel so, films, absolutely. Travel films are something that I absolutely want to do more and more of that I enjoy it immensely. Um, Travel inspires me getting out and seeing new things, seeing how the light hits things in places I've never seen is uh, something that gives me life. And I love capturing 
light through a camera and sharing that. So it, but, the, the consistency right. is going to be as consistent as we travel in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. And I would love to make more short art films that many of you, if you, if you are fans of us from vlogging, there's going to be a large portion of you who are not going to enjoy the things I make in the future, <laughs> which is totally fine. I mean, right. I understand that I'm going to move more and more to creating my art. Right. And my art will not be understood as broadly as a vlog. Right. I'm fully aware, except that. And if you you love it, you love it. If you don't, you don't. Maybe all of you will love it. You don't know. It's possible. Anyway, the YouTube is definitely more up in the air, more inconsistent. Yeah. Not really sure of its plan yet. All right. So that's kind of the the update. I don't want to like keep this going on and on and on whenever it's um, of little importance. Um, Just for those who've been asking. Yeah. So this is just for those of you who are curious about us and asking and uh, et cetera. So hopefully you enjoyed this bonus episode, um, getting back into the flow of things and knowing where we're at. Um, I am excited of knowing where I am at. Um, (laughs) So that's really all that matters. Um, Hopefully you want to continue joining us on our I don't know, journey of whatever this is, whatever this (laughs) and whatever life is, whatever existence is. Um, Yeah. We don't know. Let's all just be confused together. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you, uh, I guess, the next episode. Bye.